Welcome back to another episode of The Messy Bookshelf. I am Sarah. I'm David. I'm Jade. And today we are going to talk about adult horror fiction. And I feel like this could be like hours long between the three of us, this topic. Uh, Jade, let's go ahead and start with you. What have you been reading lately? (laughs) I think you're like the one who has like the longest list. <laughs> I'm looking at my list and they're not super recent reads uh, the last two years or so. Um, I don't read as much horror as I would like. I really need to. Um, I recently re-listened to Baby Teeth by Zoja Stage. So it's like horror thriller kind of thing. It's It's got like a creepy kid, okay. which I like. I don't like the kids, like the whole like black eyed kids, like that freaks me out. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> I love this book. Um, uh, yeah, that's a mom who's like kind of just like she's the one at home with her daughter and she just like doesn't necessarily feel like fulfilled, like she's doing enough, but like it's just all about her and her daughter. And the husband, you know, he works and stuff. And, um, the daughter's behavior just gets increasingly like more disturbing towards the mom. Like the daughter loves mm. the dad, but it's like very increasingly like getting worse towards the mother. And the mom is like, I'm not crazy, but the husband's like, she's just a kid. Like she doesn't mean it. Like he just, he doesn't see it also. So it's, she's just like, what the heck? Like, am I losing my mind? You know, and trying to put her into like different schools and it's she just keeps lashing out and things just get progressively worse. Interesting. And, uh, okay. It's in the audio the narrator of the audiobook just does a great job of just like building that dread throughout the book and it just gives me the TV GVs. Um I won't spoil it because it's just fun. Okay, I'm gonna um, have to I'm gonna have to check this out. Well the, the title listen to like you could just through it in like a day okay i was just like i can't i need to know how this ends i could not stop <laughs> so yeah. good oh yeah and this one i got as an arc and they um it's macmillan i think is the publisher and um they sent a lollipop with it because on the cover it's yeah. a, like a broken lollipop, lollipop yeah. and so i got oh. a lollipop with it yeah, i've been on it for a while but i haven't gotten around to Okay, definitely need to look this up. It's a very, it's a very, it moves fast. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like, for some reason, I always just think it's like it's gonna be like hard candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like so good. Um, one I like whenever someone is like wanting horror um, mm-hmm. to read, mm-hmm. and they just kind of want some suggestions. I will be like, if you want something that will just give like goosebumps. I will usually recommend Bed Bugs by Ben H. Winters. It's from Cork Books, I believe. God, I hope I have that right. Um, I think you've told me about this I book. I think I have. And it's like, having read it, I'm like, don't read this at night. Because you'll look at your sheets <gasps> and just be like, oh my god, is that something? Oh my god, gonna... no. Who's the author again? Ben H. Winters. Just uh, just last night, oh my god, this is so funny. Just last night, David was asleep, snoring, and I'm like trying to fall asleep, and I keep like, I feel something on me, and I'm like, what the heck is this? And like, I'm thinking it's just a hair, but I put like my hand down or like my leg down, and I like go back to it, like, and so I was hyping myself up. I'm like, oh my god, it's a roach, it's a spider, it's yeah. something. It was nothing. It was just, I don't know, like. I think my hair was just like tickling me or something, you know, but I was like getting to the point where I was like, Oh my God, what is on me? Cause yeah. I have this fear of like waking up and there's, you know, not just a bug, but like a giant bug on me. Yes. No, thank you. No. Maybe I shouldn't read this book. I'm intrigued. It's so creepy. It's just, it's just so creepy. I don't know if this is an audio. I'd love to listen to this because I just read this one straight through. Um, <laughs> and a couple like moves into this house and just things just get weird. And mm-hmm. the woman is just like, again, it's kind of like the woman's at home and the guy's at work and she's just like, things are happening. She's like seeing things and she's just like, he's like, things are fine. Whatever. And then like, um, yeah, it just gets worse and worse. And I think there's a landlady. It might be an apartment. It's been a little while since I've read it, but just for like the creep factor, I tell mm-hmm. people like just try this one. And it's it's like there's three parts in the book. 
um, and each part is like, you know, there's part one, part two, that's the, the page of it is there's like bugs on that title page. Mm-mm. And then it's like, as the part, <laughs> you know, part two is like a little bit more and part three is just like covered in bed bugs. And it's just so creepy. Oh, yeah. Major goosebumps. Like I said, I would like, I so, told myself like, don't read this at night, but then I do and I'm in bed and then I'm like, shit, it was a shadow, it was a bug. So are the bugs like actual bugs or are they like, is it people? Is it creatures? Is it? No. I think the whole point is just like how bad bug infestations are and can be. Yes. Particularly bud bugs. Maybe I'm not Sorry for language. It's just so we're gonna be well, going out of town pretty soon and like hotels, especially on the East Coast, are notorious for like that being an issue. Yeah. Um now I'm nervous. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um Okay, my last one that I'll talk about for now, I would say that I usually also recommend is Mexican Gothic. I still yeah. haven't yeah. read I still haven't read that either. So good. I've heard I've heard nothing. But very good things about mm-hmm. it. Audio or the book, it's great. Um, yeah, this woman, she's a socialite. It's 1950s Mexico. Uh-huh. Um, the main character is a socialite, and she gets a letter from her recently married cousin who married a white guy. Um, it's just a, a disturbing letter. She's just like, something's not right. Like, she's not, she's not doing well. So she convinces her dad to let her go, stay with... Um, her cousin and the family and it's this big mansion um by this wealthy white family that the cousin married into and yeah it's like very clear that she's not doing well in the house and i've heard i've heard creepy. it's been compared to like the yellow wallpaper mm-hmm. um the awakening yeah it's yeah i would say it's definitely like a long those lines uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah i need to read it she she just came out with um a, a new book this year right um velvet was the night yes yes okay came out either early this month or august very recently um, is it horror as well or no i don't i don't think it is i okay. think it's a little more with thriller not necessarily horror but i don't remember i haven't had a chance to read it yet um that I look forward anything she writes I have loved. So yeah. okay. I need yeah. Sylvia I need, yeah. I need to get on it. It's so it's been on my list. I have others, but you guys please talk. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't want these wrecks. Let's go. <laughs> so for, okay, um, I'll do one more. Graphic novel wise, um, I'd say like in the last year I read Anthony Bourdain's Hungry Ghosts. Oh, by him and uh, if I read my writing correctly, Joel Rose, who I think is like the, the illustrator. Um, and they're like Japanese ghost stories, but they're very much yeah. since Anthony Bourdain is involved, like kind of food oriented. Like the first one is centered around this like dinner party, and the host like invites the chefs and stuff to sit with him. and then they play this game where it's like you each person tells a scary story and they have to like look in the mirror to like make sure they're not like possessed by whatever demon they've talked about. Wow, this sounds incredible. And this and, is a graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And the art's like creepy and moody and it was just a lot of fun. And so yeah, it's a good fun, the creepy, like foodie horror kind of thing. <laughs> That's like two of David's favorite things. What? Like you should love this. Food and horror. <laughs> These are like your two favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> David, what have what horror have you been reading lately? Uh, the last horror I wrote was Come Closer by Sarah. Oh, Sarah Grant. Yeah. Oh, so good. I'm so glad we talked about that one. So it's, it's good, but it's what I'm finding is there's a lot more. I don't know if it's just me or if I've just been finding them because, but a lot of possess, quote unquote, possession novels, mm-hmm. but then half the time it's like, but is it a possession or is it not? And a lot of them are very ambiguous mm-hmm. and like, is it a possession? So like that one, it was like, it was good. I didn't think it was like amazing or anything, but, but 
you know, it's like, is it, it's good. I don't know how I feel about it still, because it's like, I gave it like a, a three out of five. Is that the one where she like, she gets a rash? Kind of? Or it might be in bed bugs that there's a rash. And one she of those get a rash. Okay, there's bed bugs that there's a growing rash that's creepy. Because mm, um, I don't no. remember a rash. <laughs> I think I was combining it. Because it was like, it was more like new changes. Yeah. And she starts smoking after having not smoked for, for like mm-hmm. 10 years and stops caring about work and then the stray dog that would walk home with her doesn't like her anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> um yes. but then like along those lines i also read a head full of ghosts by paul tremblay oh. and it's another one where it's kind of like unreliable it you know it, it, i guess it's possession slash unreliable narrator so then it's like is it an unreliable narrator or is it a possession and then that one particularly it is even more ambiguous as to whether it was a possession or not. Um, and it is very divisive, particularly Head Full of Ghosts, is very divisive <laughs> on horror-lit Reddit. Mm-hmm. It's like people either love it or think it's mm-hmm. awful. And Paul Tremblay's work particularly, it's, he's the super divisive, at okay. least from what I can tell. I'm- people either love him or absolutely hate him. I read something by him. I can't. There's survivors, survivors tale. I think it was kind of like that. Where and then there was like the disappearance of Devil's Rock. I cabin at the end of the world. I read that one, and I wasn't kind. Of, I was just kind of like, eh. It was eh for me, at least. Yeah. Well, the, see, that's the crazy <laughs> thing because it's like everything, like Reddit, is super divisive, and it's like anytime, like I've seen posts are like please can we like be civil if somebody talks about Paul Tremblay because people are getting <laughs> so passionate and wow. like just trash each other it's like how can you think that this is good you're an idiot and, like <laughs> well you're stupid if you can't even see what's going on with the novel <laughs> oh and like, how good it is mm-hmm. but it, it's so I feel like that that's but the come closer is a little bit older I didn't realize it was from like 2000 but then so i feel like that that's kind of like its own subgenre now it's the unreliable narrator mm-hmm. possession mm-hmm. so then it's like it's a whole unreliable narrator aspect where like is this really happening or is it really isn't it not really happening yeah then you add in the whole demonic possession angle where it's like okay so it's like is this is she just crazy or is it mm-hmm. the demon or whatever and then because of the rise of ebooks there's just so much out there mm-hmm. now yeah and people put them out there for 99 cents or mm-hmm. whatever so you can just like deep dive in some of these subgenres like i didn't realize there were so many haunting books mm-hmm. so an author i came across and i really like the one book of hers that i've read but i i like I'll read anything that she's written just based off this first one. Darcy Coates, she is an Australian author. I had never heard of her, stumbled across her on like in the Kindle ebook store, mm-hmm. bought one. And it's like 90% of her books are just like the haunting of whatever, the haunting mm-hmm. of whatever. And it's always the states and stuff. One thing I did like about uh, Craven Manor, which is the book I read, it's kind of ambiguous on where it's located. So she's, I found out after the fact, she's Australian, but then it's like, is it Great Britain? Is it like oh, New England? Okay. Is it uh-huh. Australia? It's not very, it's not, you know, it's fictional places that are referenced. It's not like, oh, we're in right. Sydney and we went outside Sydney to some old state mm-hmm. or we're in London and we went out to the country to an old state. I love a good, like, Haunting so she has like twenty different, huh. I mean, not that might be some exaggeration, but twenty different like books that are just like haunting of this place, the haunting of this place, the haunting of this place. Mm-hmm. And the last time I went to Barnes and Noble, which was the first time that I'd been in the store since COVID started, I actually saw that she had a bunch of. Oh. She was actually being published, and it's not just ebooks. Now, I didn't know if, I don't know if that's just because I came along later and that was already happening, or mm-hmm. is it that she just got popular enough in the ebooks that the publisher was like, hey, we'll do print. And yeah. she had like a whole shelf 
Dang, okay. You know, but that's because she has like 20, 30 different titles and mm-hmm. it seems like she's cranking them out. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because like because like the hauntings is, is it's formulaic, so she yeah. understands the names and those things. At least from what little bit I've read, I I I know that horror tends to be the easiest to write. I don't know about that. I'd say romance and some of these police procedurals. Anything that's formulaic, you can say it's easy to write. You know, so but then because of ebooks again, I would say it's also there's just like you can break it down into subgenres even more, and then if you if you're like me, where I've been looking at ebooks and then I go on to Reddit, Horrorlit, subreddit to see what they're talking about, you can stumble upon some crazy stuff. So it's like it's getting there's like the light horror stuff that's just like in and out, and you're like, oh, entertaining. And then there's like the extreme crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So like I've just already get exposed to that. I haven't mm-hmm. read any of it yet, but then there's like the whole splatterpunk genre, mm-hmm. which some people are just like it's straight torture porn others are like this you know when it's like some people are saying like how can you even read this and find it enjoyable Mm -hmm. and others are like am i a psychopath because (laughs) i can read this and it doesn't affect me yeah so you know and it's crazy because there's just so much out there and with the immediacy of ebooks particularly you know and that's one of the things that ebooks have kind of opened me up to because you are limited when you're at a bookstore because there's mm-hmm. a finite amount of shelf space mm-hmm. and even if you go look at somewhere that's more specialized like mysterious galaxy in san diego mm-hmm. where they they focus on sci-fi fantasy and horror right so they do have more of that stuff because they're not going to have the james patterson's and danielle Steele's of the world taking up shelf space but there's finite amount of space so you might stumble across something, but that last trip to Barnes and Noble, there was the shelf of Darcy Coates, but two thirds of the horror section was just Stephen King. Whether mm. that's, I mean, he's he's an amazing writer. You can say what you want about his writing and his endings and and all that, but then you know, two thirds of it was Stephen King. Interesting. Yeah. There, a, a good portion of the remainder was Dean Koontz. So two authors took up the majority of the horror section mm-hmm. and so it's like well fortunately at least with ebooks it's a bit more mm-hmm. democratic in who's out there and who's stumbled mm-hmm. upon but then it's also at the same time okay you come across a horror novel that has 500 reviews compared to one that has like 400 reviews and you're like well mm-hmm. okay but then it's like you shouldn't discredit a book just because there's only few hundred people or 50 mm-hmm. people have read it because yeah. how else are you going to discover new authors and get new people out there right and too i feel like just like in bookstores and now some books and stuff are so cross genre yeah right that it's like maybe there's a horror book that's in the fantasy section because it's like in this really fantastical world right or... well then there's yeah, because there's the whole dark fantasy, yeah. urban fantasy, mm-hmm. and then it's yeah. like, the, is it horror or is it fantasy? Because yes. like one of my favorite series of all time was the Dirt Pit Case novels by Charlie Huston or Houston. I'm not sure how he pronounces it, and it's basically a police procedural or one of those like uh, it's a noir, mm-hmm. dark fantasy because it's like there's vampires, there's werewolves, and it has an interesting angle because the vampires have just a virus it's a blood virus that makes you crave yeah. and you need blood for sustenance so it's not like you're turned or you know like you're bitten necessarily but it's like you just get infected with this virus and i thought that was a very fresh oh. approach to the whole vampire mm-hmm. trope you know so it's like oh you just get this virus and then because of that you need to consume blood and you have light sensitivity yeah. and all this other stuff yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but then is that horror? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. <laughs> 
So I want to talk about an intro of a book because I didn't finish it. So I have to say one thing about like adult horror is I don't read a ton. I am a very visual person. It's, it's way better for me to watch a scary movie because the visual is presented. Whereas when I am reading a horror story, my imagine because I'm a visual, my imagination goes wild. <laughs> and I, many times I have to stop because mm-hmm. it, it, it's too much. So that's what happened with this book, which kind of has like a funny story between David and I. So I originally got this book through um, Book of the Month. It's called Good is Gone <laughs> by Amy Gentry, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. And so the but first... No. Because isn't it more of a domestic thriller? Yes. But the beginning terrified me so much that I was like, no, I, I can't do this. <laughs> and like, what's funny is, so I'll describe like the first chapter and why it was like so terrifying for me. But so I read the first chapter and I'm like, nope, not doing it. Donated it to the library. And then I, I think literally that week, um, David got it. The same week. Yeah, I felt it was, like, very soon. No. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Time goes by, and David grabs it from the donations at his library and brings it home. And I'm like, what is this doing back in the house? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, Oh my my God, God. it terrified me. So I was just like, I'm pretty sure it's still here because, of course, David wants to read it. Um, So, uh, yeah, I'll just describe, like, the first chapter. So... The first chapter is, so the story is about a kidnapping, but the person who is kidnapped comes back. And so the rest of the story is like, who is this person? This person has changed type of thing. Mm -hmm. Who's like, this person is my sister. This person is my daughter, you know, and it's having a relationship with this person years later when um, she's able to, you know, she escapes or whatever. Um, but the reason why the first chapter just was so intense for me was because of it's so detailed in the kidnap because the kidnapping takes place in the first chapter mm-hmm. and it's incredibly detailed. Um, and it's about like the other sister like sees her sister being kidnapped and she's terrified and she's hiding in the closet, you know, watching her sister being taken out of the house. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it resonated with me so much is because of, and Jade, you will probably remember is the Elizabeth, Elizabeth smart case when we were kids. And I, you know, I was the older sister. I had a younger sister and I was, I was very afraid, you know, it could, it could happen to me. And like, you know, like you have a younger sister too. And, you know, like my window, my bedroom window was off to the side of the house. And it was just like, to me, it was so easy for someone to, to hop into the backyard and just, you know, break through the window and take me or my sister. And so like, it just, that terrified me. And I'm like, you know what? No, it hits a little too close to home and I can't finish this book. But yeah, I don't know if it would technically follow, like fall under horror, but it, it completely terrified me. Well, Zan, and that's the whole other subject is what is scary. Right. Yeah. You know, like, is it paranormal stuff? Mm-hmm. Is it monsters? Is it psychological? Psychological. Is it real life things like Cujo, where, yes, you could have a St. Bernard that becomes rabid. That's, you know, the realistic thing. I think the things that scare me the most, like, like in books, are psychological stories. But psychological in what aspect? Psychological in the sense that this person, like the unreliable narrator mm-hmm. type stuff? Yes. Or psychological in, like, I know that there's movies, I'm pretty sure there's some novels out there that's like, oh, you're the lone person trapped in this spaceship. What's the psychological effects of being of the lone person trapped in the spaceship or trapped in the submarine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all, all of that. That's, that's what gets me. That's the psychological. That's, yeah, that's what gets me. Um, and then, again, I don't know if you'd necessarily put this under horror, but David has trying to 
has tried to get me to read Riley Sager for the last several years. So good. So good. And yeah. so I recently read, oh, and I didn't even bring up Simone St. James. Um, but so the Riley Sager book I read over the summer was The Last Time I Lied. And it is, it's Sarah in a book. It's, uh, it's horror. It's a ghost story. It involves Summer camp. Uh, summer camp. Um, so it's everything I love. And yeah. would you would you say this is your favorite Riley Sager book? I don't know. Would you even say that this would fall under horror? I don't know. I, it's like when does a thriller become horror? It's like right. those kind of usually like bleed we'll into see, together. And... I will it, would, say would with... you not say a thriller is a subgenre of horror? Well, it depends on how it goes because. Yeah. So, like, the tricky one with Last Time I Lied is that there's hints and there's subtext that it could be, like, ghosts. Mm-hmm. That right. there's a ghost involved or ghosts involved and a possible haunting or a curse because of what happened in the past. So, do you want to give, like, a brief synopsis, David, of this book? <laughs> um, and so, I mean, you don't have to give away too no, much. But it's but... just, like, but that's the thing with... So is it horror? Is it not? Mm-hmm. And again, it goes, what is horror? Because and, well, there's the psychological. Going back to what I was saying about ebooks, something I completely didn't think to mention at the time. There's a whole slasher horror literature genre now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had no idea, mm-hmm. you know. But then it's like I know there's slasher movies, but then it's like, oh, slasher novels. It's mm-hmm. like, makes complete sense. <laughs> I know, like, Seth Graham Smith apparently is, like, the king of... Slasher fiction? Is it Seth Graham Smith? Oh, I'm mixing up all this. Maybe. Because yeah. the, the, the Only Good Indians. He wrote the, who wrote The Only Good Indians? Is that... Oh, Stephen Graham Jones. Stephen Graham Jones. Excuse <laughs> me. Okay, I was getting... <laughs> Stephen Graham Jones, because, like, he has one called My Heart is a Chainsaw. Yes. And apparently that's, like... It's very divisive on Reddit. Surprise, surprise. But, like, it name drops, like, 80 different, like, slasher movies. So then somebody posts, like, here's the whole list of slashers mentioned in my heart is a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other ones that I've come across that it's like, whoa, I had no idea because I would have never seen these in a bookstore. So then it's like, but it's a slasher horror. horror. Mm-hmm. Because at least in, like, the films... They're not really scary unless you watch them at an inappropriate age. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a crazy looking. So, person. like Friday the Thirteenth, the first time I ever watched that, I was, oh my god, I was like in third or fourth grade, and it absolutely terrified me. And when I went to camp, you know, a few years later, I was terrified to go in the lake. Oh my god, it it and and that's like going back to the right. last time I lied. Like the whole like lake thing like really resonated with me because I was like. I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting ready to cry right now. (laughs) It like, it hit me. It's just like, oh my God, I clearly have issues with like lakes because of Friday the 13th. And then it's like, there's this whole situation that like happens with the lake at the summer camp. And it really ties in like with the story. And it's just like, oh my God, like, oh my God, I'm actually getting goosebumps right now. (laughs) So that's where, that's like Riley Sayers and that, like you could say, his first novel, Final the Final Girls, Girls mm-hmm. is like that's a slasher kind of, or is it? And you know, that's what it's like. It's kind of he's each book is kind of like a different little slice of a genre. Mm-hmm. So I would say Simone St. James is very similar to Riley Sager. I don't think so. <laughs> Some, kind of, because like the Sundown work, Motel. Some of the work, maybe, but then like you've only read one. Well, I've only read one Simone St. James. <laughs> you've only read one Riley, <laughs> Riley, Riley Sayer. Sayer, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like Riley Sayer seems to, like pivot a little bit with each novel. Mm-hmm. So like his most recent one is more just straight unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. He's as um, the one with the purple cover that I can't think of. The house one. Yeah, it was basically like a haunt, haunting of Hill House. Yeah, type, I remember you saying that type story. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, so each one is kind of a little different. And then, like, or, or it's different slice of the same pie, but go, go. Let's go back a little bit and give like just a brief synopsis of 
Last Time I Lied. Last Time I Lied, the main character, main character is at summer camp. She wakes up in the middle of the night, sees her three bunkmates leaving, and they like, shh, don't say anything. Mm -hmm. We'll be back before, you know, roll call or whatever in the morning. And, and they, they never, never come, come back. back. <gasps> the camp, so, you know, there's a oh big scandal. God. The camp closes down. Mm -hmm. Now, Several however years many later. years later, the camp is reopening. Ah. And she decides that she is going to go, she's going to join the staff of the like camp. They've invited her. As the art instructor. Mm -hmm. So then she can figure it, find out what happened to her three bunkmates. Nice. So that's like the very basic premise yeah. that doesn't give anything yeah. away. Nice. So it's it is it is probably my favorite read of like the last five years. It's so good. It's so good, and it's just like it's a very it's a very me read. Um, and I've been telling her since I read it, I was like, "You need to read this." Yeah. And she was like, "I'll read. Oh, I'll read." She kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Oh my god, it's amazing. You know how many times I heard her say, that's going to be my next read? At least 10. <laughs> that's going to be my next read. And then it was like, oh, what book are you reading now? It doesn't look like the last time I read it. Oh, man. It's oh, so, yeah. it's so good. Um, I The next one is, so I've only read two books by Grady Hendrix, but I, I friggin' love his books. Um... My best friend's exorcism is is fantastic. It's so good. Uh, definitely more. Or uh, would you say it's comedy horror? Yeah, kind of. I feel like there's always a hint of an element of humor or with, with yeah, humor, humor, but like, it's not really funny. But there's moments, so it's sort of like kind of light. I would say. When I read uh, really. Yeah. I mean, I read it mm, maybe like five years ago. Um, I don't remember like the details. I think I read that book in one sitting because I was like, yeah, I need to finish this. Um, and Horror Store. I I really like Horror Store. It's just fun the way it's set up because it's set up like um, a knockoff Ikea store catalog. Yes. Uh -huh. And you see like some blueprints for some furniture in there. Um, and these workers have noticed that like every morning stuff is just like trashed in certain areas of the store. And so finally the manager, um, recruits a couple others to spend the night, night. Yeah. in the store and things happen and it's creepy. It's <laughs> That's all I will say about it because yeah. it's just, it's fun. That's have a really fun one. Have you read anything else by Grady Hendrix? I know he has a couple of. He does, but like, I haven't had a chance decks. to read them yet. There's the um. There's there's the rock one. The rock the, band. We sold our souls. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh huh. There's the Southern Book Club's uh -huh. guide to slaying vampires. Which I've seen like so much good stuff about. That yeah. One. The most recent one, the Final Girl Support Group. Yes. Definitely want to read that. On my shelves. There's short stories. <laughs> I was going to ask you, David. Um, I don't know if you read the whole thing, but. Paperbacks to Hell, because I think he's a co-author. Paperbacks from Hell, or he from is hell. the author. Oh, he is the author. I thought it was... That's the only Grady Hendrix writing I've ever read. And it, that's a whole... That, that in itself is just an interesting read, just to because it shows you how, as a society, our tastes are, can be so weird. Because in the 70s and 80s, basically, there was a huge horror boom. Mm -hmm. And there were putting out horror Just paperbacks left and right. Mm -hmm. They got super weird, super quick. There, any topic you can think of, there's a horror novel about. Animals. What like, was that one like with the gnomes? Or I remember we were talking about it. It was like gnomes are just like small, like creatures. I don't know. That's what, <sighs> If you could think of it, there was a horror novel about. <laughs> yeah. There was a horror novel about rats. There was a horror novel oh. about dogs. Horror novels about cats, tigers, lions, coyotes. You name it. Yeah. There's one all about it. Any type of monster you can think mm -hmm. of. Just weird. Any weird thing that you can think of that there's a horn all about. So is it, it. That's basically, basically like the history book... of horror? Is that what it was? No, it, it's not necessarily the history of horror. It's more about how just 
all of a sudden there was all these paperbacks, uh-huh. the poor paperbacks that you could get that were sitting there just at the checkout stand right. at the grocery store two or at the pharmacy or whatever. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were just pumping them out left and right. Mm-hmm. People would write 20, 30 over the course of the decade. And then after the 80s, it was just like the satanic panic kind of stuff started. Mm-hmm. And just like publishers just started cutting those imprints. Mm-hmm. And this is like all of a sudden, they was like people that were making, you know, it's kind of, it's it's more of like with the documentary watch naughty books about romance novels mm-hmm. and the romance boom mm-hmm. after Fifty Shades of Grey, mm-hmm. where it's kind of the same thing now. There was okay. this huge boom. Everybody was writing all these things. They were making all kinds of money. And and then all of a sudden, it like starts it to peter out. Or yeah. they just they mm-hmm. cut the imprint, and then it's like, mm-hmm. oh. And then they just disappeared. Yeah. Well, and all the, there used to be, I can't think of the names, but... Um, when we watched that, uh, when we watched the movie, Elizabeth Moss is playing Shirley Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. So after I read that and um, Monster We Wrote, I believe. Monster She Wrote. Monster She Wrote. I went into a deep dive of all of these magazines in the early 20th century that was just straight horror. And like a lot of women were writing horror and, you know, they were, but these, a lot of these magazines don't exist anymore. And they've made these databases so that you can go and find them. And it was like, it was a whole rabbit hole. That's basically what Paperbacks from Hell is about. It's just that there's this lost Mm -hmm. section of pop culture that, Unless you're in the know and you're paying attention when you're looking at used bookstores or mm-hmm. thrift shops or library book sales, mm-hmm. you'll miss them because right. they were just made in paperback. They do one printing and then, and you know, go away. Gone, and right. these mm-hmm. people didn't necessarily become household names. Mm-hmm. And then, but it would, it turned into, hey, do you remember that one book that? This happened and this happened, and you know, again, there's whole subreddits dedicated to finding those <laughs> like books, like you know, what's this book or whatever, because you know, someone has. I can remember one part of this book. Does anybody tell me if I'm remembering this right or whatever? <laughs> yeah. And then with the horror, particularly, the it got super weird, and that's the part of it too. Is like, how the hell did these get published? Mm-hmm. Some of them got super weird. Yeah. Some super weird <laughs> subject matter. And weird plot lines and all kinds of stuff. But that's like your thing. I know that's my thing. That's one of the reasons why I loved reading this. Was like I got to read this one and this one and this one. And I bought a few of the because of paperbacks from hell. They've started reprinting some of these ones. Mm, nice. I bought a couple. Mm-hmm. That's cool. read all of them. I'm keeping track and I have them all wish listed and on my list and other. I feel like that was like because I I don't I can't remember. I don't know if I gave that to you for like your birthday or Christmas. You did give it to me but as a gift. I but was you like, might have just given it to me. I may like, have because I was so excited to give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those like, and you know, and my stepmom likes to read horror somewhat, but mm-hmm. I guess she basically reads just dystopian wise <laughs> But you know, and that's what I was like, oh, it was like, I think I even got it for a hardcover just because it's like one part of it's like, you got to look at the cover art. And that was the other thing, too, because the cover art, very, these yes. novel paperbacks with very distinct cover art, you know, and that's like half the appeal of them because you're just like rats. What mm-hmm. if it is this creepy rat with red eyes? And then it's like, <laughs> oh, it's about rats and taking over like New York City and then all of a sudden there's like an 80 foot rat that's living in the sewer and it's the king of the rats or whatever I have not read it so I don't know if that's what the (laughs) plot of rats is but I assume it's something very close you know or the plot of the night shift the Stephen King short story where it's these people are in a factory and then yeah there's huge mass of rats or other creatures Mm -hmm. that they got Mm -hmm. (laughs) no I'm going to have nightmares tonight I probably, sure. I probably will too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is very clearly David's jam. Um, well, uh, and you're I so like passionate about stuff. it. I love it. I do like the weird stuff. Yeah, I, don't want, I can read formulaic and it's funny because like, you know, like I'll get into a series and it's like, okay, so it's like, here's what we're going to do. But then I think I've, we've had conversations not on podcasts, so, you know, just in our normal 
conversations where it's just like if something becomes a super popular book and it's like raved about in entertainment weekly mm-hmm. and every all these other publications and the oprah book club and the reese witherspoon book club and all that it's just a turn off to me because like i don't want to read this you know what i feel every single person and their mom is i feel like most librarians because i've had this conversation with different librarians i feel like most librarians hate all of those lists well and see but then that's part of the or like i am not going to read this book because it's so hyped up well, you know, part of it is like if things get overhyped, then it usually leads to disappointment because you're like, because it gets overhyped. So you have high expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to take a, uh, one more break and we'll be back. And we're back. So, David, you started talking about um, how horror isn't really. Uh, what do I want to say? Well, what we were leading up to, so talking about the Oprah Book Club and all the lists and stuff, usually horror isn't overhyped. No. Now you could, depending on where you go, because like if you look at Reddit, it can, certain books can get really hyped up. You know, mm-hmm. you look at particular blogs or, you know, wherever. Book Riot or whatever. Would There's you consider communities that things could get hyped up, but at the same time, they're not super mainstream. So it's not like everybody and their mom's talking about a particular book necessarily. But then also, even if it is like talked about a lot, it's usually not like other books out there. And that's so. The would thing you say that like, this is like a nerdum? People getting nerd out about it. They, mm-hmm. It's a geekdom for sure because people argue about it incessantly online. Mm-hmm. I'm just and, saying because like those, um, you know, like where the crawdad sings or those books, like you're not, there's not the people who are like, oh my God, yeah, this type of book is just so awesome. But, like that's well, why I'm the, saying. Those genres, they're, for lack of a better term, tearjerker books are a genre. And that's half of those I don't think Oprah that's a tear, tearjerker book. I don't know. No, but, but you're the, right. A lot of the Oprah books are, like, yeah. Like, those, the like, contemporary adult fiction, it's all tearjerker stuff. Or, like, oh, look at what we've overcome. Or, look what we survived. Mm-hmm. I guess the whole point is, like, oh, look at the, this is a mirror of the human experience and whatever. <laughs> but it's, like, who cares <laughs> if you were an orphan and then you found your sister and then you found your mom, but she was dead. And now you're sad, but at least you found your sister. But then your sister died because she was a drug addict. I'm like, <laughs> the whole point for me is to, uh, reading is, I don't know, necessarily use it as an escape, but it's not being reality. Mm-hmm. So why would I want, I mean, yes, some books, the realism mm-hmm. is the point And it's like, it's interesting, but why i mean it's the same thing with movies you know some will say well why would do you enjoy watching horror movies or at the same time like why do you enjoy watching these tearjerker movies like Mm -hmm. uh, you know whatever it's like the whole point of these movies is to make you cry and like yeah why right yeah (laughs) why would i want to focus on the shitty things in life but then again it's okay well getting killed or chased by murderers would be pretty <laughs> shitty too but it's not happening to me in real life but i might know someone who's dying of cancer or mm-hmm. you know slowly deteriorating but like oh but look at what my mom did in her last year of her life <laughs> you know oh my you know like i mean it's funny because like i was through a website i was part of a book exchange and I don't want to crap on the person who sent it to me, but it was just like, you were randomly given a person's address and you just sent them the book. Mm. And so mm. I, I read the book mm-hmm. and it was just like this old, the book was, it won, it won an award. Cause I think it won whatever, I don't know the name of the award, but I think it was like the best Irish novel of that particular year. And it's just like, to me, it's just like, eh. and it's this old guy who's, his wife's died. He goes back to the seaside village that he vacationed in as a youth. Oh, I remember when you were reading this. Remembered the family that was next door to the cottage that they were renting and 
reminiscing about this and it's just like the whole time I'm just like blah who cares it's like I just didn't connect with it at all it's like this is an award winner you know and it's like mm-hmm. this isn't entertaining it's nap inducing maybe at times <laughs> but then you know but then some people really dig that stuff and you know the literary people love those kind of things but then Stephen King's mm-hmm. one of the two best, like the top three best-selling authors of, of the world. But then he's regularly crapped on by academia. Yeah, Same with James Patterson for completely different reasons, in my opinion. <laughs> Maybe because I'm a fan of Stephen King's work, <laughs> you know. But then it's just like even Stephen King. Like you don't see Stephen King ended up on like Oprah Book Club list. Never. But yeah. if there's some disease-ridden person who overcomes something and it's put into an novel might end up on Oprah's if it's written by a woman it might end up on Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Stephen King? What was there to talk about? Man, <laughs> the myth, the legend. Um, because you've read no, I mean, like, so much of him. That could be a whole entire episode. It, it could, yeah. I mean, he pops out like a book a, month, a, book a year, which... Now, sure, that's like one twelfth the output of James Patterson, but Stephen King's actually writing it all by himself, and it can be anywhere from three hundred pages to fifteen hundred. So, oh my lord, yeah. <sighs> well, then, okay. How about this? Um, so the last two so books, we can talk about Stephen King, but then again, that can be a whole episode. On well, then we can just focus because on if since this is just horror fiction, mm-hmm. adult horror fiction. I think Stephen King should be his own episode because there's the movies, mm-hmm. there's yeah. the TV. Yeah, let's save him the, for. There's the films he's written. There's yeah. the movies he's been involved in. Let's save him for his, his own thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the last two books I uh, want to mention um, are actually collections of stories, and I don't even. I read this one such a long time ago I don't even necessarily remember the stories but I remember like in the moment they were just absolutely terrifying again another book that Jade recommended to me is Behind You by uh Brian Coldrick and the cover of the book is like it's pretty it's pretty creepy because it's like this creature who's like crawling out at you and it's just like no thanks um yeah there's just they're really they're really really short stories like literally just a couple pages yeah like a page long yeah and they're i i want you know what i want to go back and read it i might buy this um again i think david would really like it but just like super horrifying creepy stories i like Um, those like especially like when they can do it in a very short short, amount yeah and just yeah especially like these i'm pretty sure they're like one page little snippets i remember like i this was just people are gonna be like really i remember a story it was like about an attic like trying to get out but you like you can't type of thing Mm -hmm. oh i feel like that's so vague but it's something (laughs) like that (laughs) and then um that one is straight up like horror this other one i wouldn't necessarily say like the whole collection is horror but there are a couple stories um i should have grabbed the book um to so I know like what the title of those stories are, but it's, you know, you want this by Kristen. Oh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. She is the person who wrote the, the short story um, that appeared in, I don't know, the New Yorker uh, cat person. And it went viral um, a few years ago. And this collection of stories is really good. It's definitely like the collection is magical realism, but there are two stories in particular that like just really creep me out. And there's one, it it's about this girl who who sneaks out. Um, I forget how old she is. I want to say she's like middle school, like maybe like seventh, eighth grade. And she sneaks out of her house and she goes to meet this guy at like a park. And she doesn't realize until the end. And I I can't remember. I don't think she's taken. But in the no, end, she, she, oh, that's right, because you read it. In the end of the story, she's watching, like, the news with her parents. And this serial killer is caught. And she realizes oh, that, or I thought he killed someone. Well, no, the whole thing is, is like, 
Charlie from the park is Charles Manson. Manson. Yeah. Which he technically uh, never killed anyone. So he's true. not a serial okay. killer. He's just so yeah, like so like the, the end when she realizes like who it is and she is just like, oh, oh my god, it's terrifying. Um, and then the other. So then you also like that because that ties into your like true crime. It does. Yeah, it totally obsession. does. But still, like that's super. That is super scary to be like you're maybe into this older guy and like, you don't realize like you could have been, you could have been one of the girls who was taken to be a part of his group. You know, like that's terrifying. Well, technically none of them were taken. No, they, they all went the family willingly. willingly. They did. Yeah. Um, the other, <laughs> <laughs> the other story, I, I don't even know why I'm bringing it up because I don't even remember it that well anymore. Um, so well, okay, so since you read that collection, is it the lesbian couple one? Uh, that which is the first story, it's not that one, but that one is really good and, and it is very creepy. Um, but it's it's the last, it's the last story. I can't, I can't remember, I can't remember it, so I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> is there, yeah. Was there any like story that like stood out to you that you thought was like, oh, this is a good creepy story? The lesbian couple one. <laughs> okay. Do you well, want? Well, no, because it's like it's, it's... it it is interesting. Now, I wonder if people of the LGBTQ community would find it problematic, just because I don't know the author's background. Mm -hmm. I don't know much. The either. premise of this story is that. A lesbian couple that lives in the apartment next to a guy or across the hall from a guy, they end up starting an affair and having a thruple with him mm -hmm. and then convince him to kill the women he's dating if he starts dating someone. Yeah, it's it's weird. And then, yeah, so it's like it's weird because they're it's but then the author does present it that it's like there, although there is a sexual component. With him, it's more about control. Mm -hmm. Yes, and they use the sex to control him, as opposed to that. As opposed to the whole like, oh, if a lesbian just had a dick for one, you know, had dick one time, she'd be a straight woman, mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, but that's where I was like, I don't know if some would, you know, consider it to be problematic because of the sexual dynamics between the, the lesbian couple who. I guess you could say you're technically bi or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then that's the thing. It's like, yeah, this they this affair starts. And then if you start dating other women, they convince them to either break up with them or if it gets to the point where he refuses to break up with them, then they make him kill the other person. Yikes. I don't remember how it ends. Yeah, I don't either. But then it's like... I gotta go back and read those. But then, They're so really that's good. just like that's creepy and scary, and then it's weird. And what about I really like that collection because the main thing, kind of what we were talking about a little bit before the break, is I like reading stuff that I don't feel like I've read before. What about the little girl's birthday party? Oh, okay. Story? So I wasn't sure if this was that collection. Yes. Or not. I was like, that's pretty weird. <laughs> Isn't that like it was so good, but yeah. it was so weird. Yeah, basically turning her birthday party into a gelatinous blob, for lack of a better term. All these people who were at the party that she hated for whatever reason, like, she was, see, I'm not, I'm, like, not remembering all of it, but. Yeah, so, like, they, she learned they that she all, had a power. And yes. She was able to, like. To crush them. Crush them all into together. This, into this, like. one, like, I, I feel like I read this, but. It was so long ago that I don't only remember the stories, but See, that but one then, does sound familiar to me. Mm -hmm. This is, but then this is one of the things. Like that's one of the rare, that collection is one of the rare exceptions to me. I usually don't like short story collections because usually I would say ninety percent of the of the stories, I don't connect with me or I have issues with it in some way. Like this is too short. They're, you didn't cover enough, or this has ended up being too long. And yeah. you, <coughs> excuse me. So I tend to shy away from short stories just because they're so hit and miss for me. And but you enjoyed miss, and that one, I still remember a lot of the stories. <laughs> now I might not remember everyone, but there was more hits for me than misses. And that I think, usually doesn't happen with short stories. I think the one that I'm involved. like I can't remember very well is it is. Um, 
I don't, I'll just say sexual assault. This, um, this character has dealt with sexual assault most of her life, but she goes back for more. And it's like every time she gets, um, she, you know, she gets a guy to come back to her hotel because she's like living in a hotel. Um, she's like going to kill them. Because this is, it's, um, yeah. Do, I mean, does that sound familiar to you, David? Well, the plot does, but that's because that's kind of its own subgenre yeah. of horror, both in film and literature I, these days, the revenge stories yeah. where she, I think that's what it is, but she and never and assaulted or whatever you know something traumatic happens to the woman she never she does it like, but i think the i think the creepy factor with that one is like she never she never kills these people but it's like you're hearing her interior monologue of like what she wants to do to this person every time she brings them back to to the hotel like i have this like image in my mind like really the only thing i can think of is when she has this guy in the shower with her and so obviously like they're naked they're very vulnerable and you're hearing you're you know you're reading this interior monologue of like all the things that she wants to do to him and it's just like whoa you know but it's I, i'm very much a short story person but i do think nine this is very much my style um her writing um and yeah i love it i i want her to write more because I think this collection came out in 2017, 2018. Yeah. And she got like a couple book deals. Didn't yeah, she, she did. She got some pretty. She, yeah, yeah she got deals. a pretty big mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to to read more of, uh, you know, what she have writes. Have you looked? I have not. No. See, like, like, how do you know? She could have yeah. written, like, written four or five more books or something. Mm -hmm. I saw she does have something on the way, but I'm not sure. Oh, I heck yeah. I could be. Is she going to be one of these authors where it takes them like a decade to release a book like George R. R. Martin or Patrick Rothfuss? I mean, I mean, what do you think? I think she's a very good writer. Those were very good stories. You know, but those are good stories. Has mm -hmm. she written anything else? I mean, it's kind of like one of those things. That well, Cat Person in and of itself is like... It's good. It's well, it's excellent. just like with, with not knowing her background. Like, was that like her? Like, she. It, it's one of those things. Was like, is it was honed for so long that it was like, bam, she put all out at once. But then now it's like starting from scratch. It was like right. that was the that was the byproduct of like five to ten years of work, mm -hmm. and that's why it like hit so well. And then starting from scratch was like. Well, no, you haven't been working on those same stories for five to ten years. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Just because I don't, I'm not familiar with her. I don't know if she's written other stuff. So, is it, does she take the money and run? <laughs> you, know, just, you know. But then, like to parallel with music, usually the reason why people prefer debut albums is because they've been honing that for however long. Where like second, third, fourth albums. They have a year or two to come up with it, and if they haven't worked to improve their songwriting or whatever, it's like it doesn't hit the same because they've been working on those songs for years. Usually, by the time that a day at debut album is released, and is it the same with this? Okay. I don't know, just because I'm not familiar with her. Um, you know, or if she's released anything else. So, would I don't you even consider know if that's her pronoun? Um, would you consider these stories horror? They're pretty frightening. See, a lot of it depends on what you think is horror, mm -hmm. because like the the lesbian couple story, that's kind of that's very creepy. It can be scary, you know. It's but is it is it really that much different than some of these stories where like a psychopath kidnaps a woman? Because mm -hmm. it's the same controlling, mm -hmm. forcing them to do things, mm -hmm. you know, and he ends up killing people. The the birthday party one is definitely like a creature feature kind of yeah. vibe. Yes. <laughs> so I'd say it's like it's definitely horror adjacent if if you don't consider it horror. Horror, yeah. I mean it's definitely not like chick lit or romance or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is like, this is my jam. I love reading this kind of stuff. <laughs>
Any any last books? Oh, there's so many books. Um, Out of Body by Jeffrey Ford. If you want a librarian type character, um, he it's like oh, light horror ish. I think you've told me about this yeah, book. Yeah, he um the librarian in this like kind of small town. He figures out he can like uh, what is it astral project kind of a thing, and so he like does that in his little town, and then he discovers that there's like a vampire that he comes across while he's actually projecting so yes i definitely remember you telling me novella i think from tour this story Um, anything tour produces i am like madly in love with um they have a horror imprint that they like just recently started tour Mm -hmm. nightfire um because i always when i'm like ordering stuff i Sometimes I'm like, I don't know actually what publishers there are that are like mostly horror, apart from like tour or whatever. <laughs> so I'm always kind of trying to find like where I can find, especially with you know the vendors we have to order from. It's like yes, ooh, I'm looking for you know horror stuff. Like where do I find it? Right. So, yeah. That's always. Takes me a while, but um, yeah, out of body or bottom feeders. It's another graphic novel by Ezra Clayton Daniels. Okay, um, I was like, why does it sound so familiar? So good. He was a fantastic speaker when I went to the book festival. I love him; he's amazing. Um, bottom bottom feeders is it's sort of like horror with. Um, but it's also about like cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. He, he the way him and um, oh my gosh, who did that with him? Ben Passmore. Um, I hope I got the name right. Um, the way they like mesh all of that together with the horror element is just so well done. Um, and it's like has these really vibrant colors, but the graphics are like really creepy. It's just so good. It's it's one of my favorites. I. I love Ezra Clayton Daniels. Anything he does, I like. Yes, amazing. <laughs> so, where is he? Where is he from? I don't know where he's from originally, but like he lives in Los Angeles. He okay. So, yeah, he was because uh, I, I think I went to like three panels and he was in all three, and I'm like, you're freaking awesome. I had I had never heard of him. Oh yeah, I got his book. Um, Oh, uh, I can't upgrade soul. I got that as an arc and I just like fell in love with it. And we needed like one more author for book fest. And I was like, let's reach out to this guy mm-hmm. for a graphic novel panel. And when he said, yes, I literally jumped for joy. I was so excited. I completely got him. I was like, Oh my gosh. Um, and yeah, meeting him in person was like everything. It was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. so he's fantastic. He's super great. Anything he does, I would definitely recommend. That's it for me. David, any last book recs? <laughs> so many, sorry. There's, there's so much that we haven't discussed. Oh, I know, yeah. Discussed, like, we can... haven't even brought up like Richard Matheson. We haven't brought up some other um, Jack Ketchum, some of these other well-known I mean, we're obviously coming back to this subject. Authors. Yes. <laughs> I'll read some of uh, the ones you guys have recommended. You know, but then yeah. it's like, but that's the thing. It was like, there's so many that I've either purchased or want to read that I haven't. That yes. are like The well, one I like, bought you. There's like it... Dan Arbach's Pen Pal. I hear great things about it, but I still haven't read it. <gasps> oh, yeah. And then there's yeah. like Nick Cutter of the Tree. Everybody oh, seems to yes. write about it. And I, I, I have it, but I haven't per- I have read it, it you know, when... That book I bought you at Barnes Noble, like I don't know, a couple months ago about like the Satanic Panic, like sounds really, really interesting. Yeah, like that. You know, there's so many that I've bought or have and want to read that. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't necessarily recommend it because I haven't read it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Junji, I'm probably saying it wrong. Junji Ito, he is like a horror manga author. Mm. 
they're creepy. Do you remember? See, I'm like, totally we didn't even talk about like Japanese horror. Well, I was just was like, like talking about that. I read Goth, that, it, and I just stumbled across that at Barnes and Noble. But then I was like, oh, this is Japanese horror. What was and the short all... story collection we read for Librarian Suggest? It was a Japanese horror, um, and it was it was unbelievable. Do you, it's not coming to me right now. Okay. I have to look it up. I can't remember the title. Mm -hmm. This will definitely, we'll definitely post this on the Instagram. But I remember reading that um, and I was just like, oh my God, the, this is incredible writing mm -hmm. um, and, and terrifying. And <laughs> oh man, what is, why am I blanking on this book? Um, and the author, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, that was such a fun discussion. Thank you guys. Um, well, thank you for listening. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at the Messy Bookshelf Podcast, and we'll see you in the stacks.